Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. It's 12 a.m. on a cursed YouTube channel. And you're listening to Night Call. And welcome to Night Call, a call-in show for our dystopian reality. My name is Emily Yoshida. I am joined on the other line by... Molly Lambert and... Tess Lynch. And later in the show, we will be joined by our special guest, Sam Rakaliff. He is the managing editor of Defector and was the former managing editor of Deadspin. We will be talking about all sorts of stuff not limited to, but including international chihuahuas. Hi, guys. Hey. Do you want to take a night call real quick? Let's do it. Hello, night call. Um, my name is Carlos. I am from the Bay Area in California, sitting here as the world burns all around me. I am calling because I listened to your Monday podcast, what is this, Monday, August 24th, and I heard you ask us to call in about ghosts and the supernatural, and I figured, okay, this is my chance because it relates to my mother, who I can only go so far as to call, I guess, a good witch and a channeler. I grew up, I grew up very, very traditional conservative Mexican household, very, very Catholic. Um, grew up going to church, you know, was an altar boy, blah, 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 blah. And I renounced the church sometime around my early teens. But growing up, uh, it was, I can only go, I can only describe my religious upbringing as traditional and also cultish, 
Yeah, so my mother, growing up, we would go to the spiritual medium in Salinas every week where we would go and then she would go into a trance and connect to the spirit world and talk to our friends about their relatives that are gone or their ancestors that they wanted to hear from. And this was just normal for me. <clears throat> we would take cleansing trips to rivers near where near Salinas, I believe, where people would connect to the spirit world and then they would be washed of their sins. And you would think that it was, that it would, it, it, I, it was, it's hard to describe because it wasn't a traumatic cult experience. It was almost a boring and off and sometimes pleasant cult experience because they didn't force us to participate in rituals other than we're going to cleanse you and we're going to go swim in the river because the adults would have their big spiritual connection and the kids would just kind of be up, up river just playing with each other, uh, which I think is unique because most people talk about their cult experiences as being horrible and awful. And I actually came out as queer when I was a teenager. And believe it or not, my mother was very accepting. And to her, she said, oh, yes, I talked to the spirit world. Because and they told me that you would have a an amazing balance of feminine and masculine energies and to accept me. So thanks to the spirit realm, my mother learned to love folks that across the LGBT spectrum and continues to be one of my best friends to this day. Thank you so much, Carlos, for this call. I um. First of all, I love that the spirit world are allies. Um, I think we all know this instinctively, but uh, good on them. Um, I would say, like, you know, I know that you described it as cultish, but I think that, like, when you talk about the the kind of qualifiers for what a cult is, and I think that, you know, we'll be talking about the vow a little more later on, and I think that this comes into that, like, the idea of, like, a high control um, environment, I think, is really paramount to something being a cult or not, like... And I think that our our um, our, our theology buddy uh, John also called in at one point to just talk about the difference between like cult like beliefs, like what we think of as being kind of fringy, versus the actual way that the group works. And the way that the group works is more, I think, makes a cult. So I would say you you weren't in a cult. You were just in like a really chill, you know, strain of Catholicism. Because <laughs> I was also I was looking up like I was like, is this like how you know commonplace is this like where does this kind of medium aspect of catholicism come in and like all i would run across were like the catholicism.com sites that are just like mediums are bad you can't consult a medium it's all evil you're gonna go to hell if you do this um which is what i you know what you would think of as being the standard response to that kind of thing but also Catholicism is kind of like the most magical of all the Christianities. So I don't know. My parents left, um, were Irish, or they were Irish Catholic, and most of my extended family is Irish Catholic. Uh, my parents were raised very religious, and my aunt stayed in the church, um, and she was a really big fan of psychics, which you would think she would not have been, but she was extremely... Um, 
really, really believed in psychics. I think when my mom was pregnant, my aunt bought her a reading that turned out to be like very true. And on my dad's side, um, there's a lot of superstition. They were very, very superstitious Catholics. So there's that's where you kind of like I mean, they wouldn't have seen a psychic or a medium, but my dad, like, you know, his knuckles are raw from knocking on wood sometimes. Um, There's a lot of that, a lot of like the salt over your shoulder kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of what makes Catholicism charming, I think. Yeah. (laughs) Like, you know, just the like literally believing that the the wine is the blood and the, the bread is the body, like, which is you know, seems like just semantics, but then it actually ends up kind of really reforming how those, like, different denominations of Christianity work. Um, And, yeah, like, it's so weird, too. Like, you know, being taught as a kid, if you grow up in, in Christianity or any kind of religion that believes in an afterlife, that, like, the people that you love are, like, looking down on you like that's so close to just being like yeah they're straight up ghosts and like you can commune with the spirit world if you want to but like that is a big no-no like you're not supposed to believe that so it's very you know I could see a like you know there could be some gray area there to take advantage of yeah I wanted to say I think Catholicism has the most fun uh stuff of the Christianities definitely uh, Mexican Catholicism especially has just like a lot of beautiful stuff about it and I feel like we've argued about this on the pod before where you guys were sort of more like people should make the religions more inclusive rather than always leaving the religions uh, and I think this definitely speaks to that that to have a type of Catholicism that is inclusive and welcoming of queer people and, you know, hopefully pro-choice and stuff like that. Uh, there's a lot of valuable stuff about having a community of people that take care of each other that doesn't always necessarily make it a cult. Um, yeah. We're pro Community does not equal cult. Yeah. Um, no, it sounds nice. I mean, I think that that's something that, yeah, this is what we were talking about before. Like, that's the thing that a lot of people are missing now is just like, yeah, going out to the river with your a bunch of families and hanging out and like, you know, hanging out with the other kids and stuff like that. That's something that I think is missing a lot in a lot of cultures right now. Uh, but yeah. I saw a church marquee yesterday that I liked that just said, like, God doesn't social distance. <laughs> <laughs> where where are they going with that one? Yeah, I know. That could go uh, in a bad direction. <laughs> right. I thought about it a lot, but they were like, God doesn't social distance, like, connect with him on our and website. And then you can have his, the power of God's immunity. <laughs> yeah, I would be interested what, uh, in, in, in what our um, theology friend John would have to say about this. Or, yeah, but it sounds nice. I liked this call a lot. Um, thank you for, thank you for calling, Carlos. Yeah, thank you, Carlos. Guys, speaking of cults, have you guys caught up with uh, The Vow? Whew. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, I got to both of them since we last spoke. I hadn't watched either. And so now I'm all I'm all caught up. Um, I do. I wish that there was more. I wish I could binge mode on this, but I do kind of like having going on this journey with it, pacing myself out. It's I I keep wanting to watch more. It's so good. Um, We talked a little bit last week about how 
I felt like in the first episode, it was um, really marketed to me joining this cult. In the second episode, that went away. <laughs> um, but also, I Molly tweeted the question, who does Keith Raniere look like? And I have now devoted, I'm not proud to say, roughly six hours to trying to find the answer to this question. Oh, okay. Give us some candidates. I okay. Like this. John Besh, Chef John Besh from New Orleans. John Ritter also. Oh, yeah. There's a little John Ritter. There's a, a little, little John Ritter. But it's like, it's hard because n- nothing's getting close enough. One of the answers on Molly's thread on Twitter was um, Jared Leto on hamburgers, like fat Jared Leto. Like like Jared Leto in the, the movie about the guy who yeah. killed John Lennon. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Mm, he was sort of babyish. It turns out when Jared Leto, uh, Jared Leto gains weight, he looks like more of a little baby. He does. But, My um, main candidate was David Foster Wallace. Yeah, that's the one that I think of It's the also most. just because of the ponytail and the headband and stuff. But... That led me. That led me to Netflix displayed a display image, probably because it knew I was thinking about this all the time, of uh, John Cusack and being John Malkovich. Ooh. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe also the ponytail doing a lot of work there, but well, also the bandana situation is sort of David Foster Wallacey too. Like like um Keith Raniere in volleyball mode is very David Foster Wallace. Yes. Yes. A hundred percent. When he's got his hair down, then, you know, I can see some of these other these other candidates in there. Um, Keith Raniere is a shape-shifting face. Like, he's one picture of Keith Raniere might look like John Ritter, and another looks nothing like John Ritter at all. He's got <laughs> short man energy, though. He's short, right? He's like, short. Mark is tall, and he's short. Yep. Um, I, you know what? I, you know when I really turned on him, I have to say? This is so specific, but this is like one of the first times I was like, honestly, like, ugh, okay, I'm out. Is is in the second episode, Mark is working on uh, a movie with Keith that's basically about their relationship, with with the Keith stand-in being the sort of wise man who helps the Mark character, you know, find his way through life. But they like drew character designs for. Um, for each of them and like this kind of cutie anime style like in a very like kind of I don't know comics artists on Patreon type style and it it grossed me out so badly I cannot tell you why it made my stomach just absolutely turn like the cutie Keith Raniere a- avatar was awful to me more awful than any footage of actual Keith Raniere. <laughs> I totally agree it had a wiki how also there was like a, a little of the wiki how um illustration to it yeah just but knowing what they were doing and like what keith raniere was kind of up to i was like ew your self-image is gross that you think of yourself this way uh somebody pointed out that the movie camp nowhere has both allison mack and uh fellow cult leader Andrew Keegan in it. Oh, right. Uh, made me want to revisit Camp Nowhere, which I haven't seen since it came out. But Allison Mack is a fascinating figure in this movie. She is sort of the Ghislaine to Keith Ranieri's Epstein. Um, 
she recruits other people in. There's a, not a lot of her, though, because and I think that's because she's not one of our narrators. Like it's it's kind of amazing to see this through Mark's eyes, because I think that a lot of the stuff that's been reported out about this before has been about like the women who were a part of this inner circle that they're just getting to at the end of the second episode. That's like the main thing that made headlines and is the reason why um, there was a lawsuit and everything. But uh, uh, yeah, like I think we'll probably get more into Allison Mack as as we go deeper into that aspect of it. I think it's super interesting. I have to say, I appreciate a male's point of view. Um, I, I But I do appreciate Mark's point of view on this because it's like he's in this position of like, no, nah, he's just my buddy. Like I'm friends with the smartest person in the world and having to come to terms with the fact that like there are these women who are being put in danger when you are another guy and like, you know, in dis- disposed to believe inside with your powerful male friend that's kind of that's a really kind of interesting story that's being told and i also oh you know what i want to watch we can watch camp nowhere i want to watch what the bleep do we now i've never watched it before i and it was so everywhere it was like the the posters for it were like at every santa monica supermarket in like 2005 like i i yeah. think it's like an overlooked bit of culture that we should revisit <laughs> For sure. (laughs) I think it was such a canary in the coal mine for the rise of conspiracy culture and the rise of sort of woo-woo. Like, everything you think you know is wrong, and actually machine elves control everything in the world. Yeah, I feel like everybody who was mega into what the bleep do we know back then is now an anti-vaxxer mom in the Palisades. Like, Mm -hmm. that. there's a direct line. That's like a... (laughs) <laughs> well, the way the way they use language too, the way they invent new words for things and specific terms that are just used within Nexium, but so much of the stuff they use is is also just like self help and therapy speak. Um, that's in so much other self help and therapy internet. I had a fun experience this week. I have a tweet about the moon that always goes viral when there's a full moon now about how it's hard to take a picture of the full moon. Mm-hmm. And I love it because it goes viral with, like, new age people every time there's a full moon now. So somebody who reposted it, I was looking at their account, and a bunch of their posts were about limiting beliefs. Mm. And Interesting. Yeah, but, like, not in a Nexium way, just in a, like, hey, what do you think about yourself that you'd like to change? Like, what are the things you think you can't do? Which is what we all agreed sort of was, like a good hook to get people into a group. Definitely. Well, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to take a The Vow Adjacent Night email. The Home Depot wants every mom to have their own outdoor oasis this Mother's Day. Whether that be a new space to relax or a beautiful garden upgrade, at The Home Depot, you can give mom a gift that's as unique as she is with a stylish and comfortable place to entertain or relax for the mom who does it all. And with convenient delivery, you won't have to stress over getting it to her either. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers for the mom who's great with gardening? Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens with the Home Depot's Mother's Day savings event happening now. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Start your Mother's Day shopping and saving today by checking out the Home Depot's extensive selection online at homedepot.com or directly in store near you with convenient pickup and delivery options. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. 
Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. Well, I don't know about you, but like, I never liked being told, oh, wow, you look so good for your age. Like, why even bother saying that? Why don't you just say you look great at any age, every age? That's what Meaningful Beauty is all about. We create products that make you feel confident in your skin at the age you are now. Meaningful Beauty. Beautiful skin at every age. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite. With just two capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat, and support your weight management journey. Right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com. The lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. It took 11 years to get to the sale. The NYX Anniversary Sale is on now at KNIX.com. Celebrate the intimate apparel company that has reinvented products for real life with one of NYX's biggest sales of the year. Get 30% off all leak-proof apparel from the number one leak-proof brand in North America, including period underwear, swimwear, activewear, and more. Millions of people have made the switch to NYX leak-proof underwear, and there's never been a better time for you to try. Save 30% on super-comfortable, machine-washable, and great-looking underwear that's perfect for periods and light bladder leaks. Choose from a variety of colors, styles, and sizes, from extra small to 4XL. You can even match your leak-proof underwear with an incredibly supportive and comfortable NYX wireless bra. Don't miss this chance to stock up on your NYX favorites or try something new. It only happens once a year at NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com for the NYX anniversary sale. Hurry, the sale ends on Monday, May 13th. Go to NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com. Welcome back to Night Call. Uh, we got a we got an email from a listener, uh, an anonymous listener, uh, that I thought was super interesting and was about another kind of Nexium esque organization that I'd never heard of before. Um, Tess, what do you want to read it? May I please? I'm a longtime listener, first time night emailer from Seattle, and it's about noon thirty here. I just listened to your most recent episode mentioning the Vow HBO docu series. I had the same initial reaction as Tess. I feel like I would have totally joined. Second episode, maybe not so much. It was spooky to hear in the first episode that Seattle was one of the initial center locations. The initial Nexium content also reminded me of this manifesting program I had subscribed to and since fallen off working on called To Be Magnetic TBM, and then a link to tobemagnetic.com. The ethos on inner child and integration slash self-limiting beliefs is very similar. TBM also has a term called DI, deep imagining exercises, which makes me think of the Nexium EMs. TBM slash manifestation in general seems to be a popular thing, especially in LA. I'm wondering what's your take on subscription-based self-work slash programming, or even to be magnetic specifically. Is the industry around self-work just gross and preying on people that lack self-esteem? Isn't that everything though? 
I had never heard of To Be Magnetic, but then looking around the website that the listener sent us, I was just like, oh, this is just, I mean, it felt so normal. I was just like, this is just every girl in LA, basically, <laughs> you know, yeah. like every, every kind of woo-woo adjacent jewelry selling, uh, you know, a crystal workshop doing lady in LA, like it felt very normal to me. But then when you start to get into the subscription aspect of it, not that it's even that expensive. It's like $324 for a year, which like, I don't know, compared to the um, to Jordan Peterson's daughter's uh, meet self-help group is a steal. Uh, <laughs> oh, we got a very angry uh, message about posting the Jordan Peterson and Michaela Peterson meet book that apparently it's not a real book. And that was a parody cover. Oh, oh man. it was got, a parody cover. Okay. We got fooled. We All got right. fooled. I was trying to find out if it was or not. It was very unclear. The internet, the internet surrounding Jordan Peterson is not. Somebody was like, great fact checking night call. So sorry, sorry. guys. We apologize for falling for an uh, insane grifter uh, fake book cover. Everything else was so crazy. Everything else is normal in that story, though, right? Like, the yeah. book cover is, like, the one thing that makes it crazy. Is that, th- th- that where I have that right? Okay. Oh, uh, man. Anyway. <laughs> well, To Be Magnetic describes itself on its website as the number one destination for grounded manifestation quote, a combination of neuroscience and psychology teachings with a little spirituality sprinkled on top. 90% of our members manifested when they did the work weekly. Are you ready to get out of your own way and manifest the life of your dreams? When they use the word manifest like that, it just sounds like, like, not to be gross, but like taking a shit. Like, it sounds like, like manifest. I mean, I don't want to knock anybody who's found this to be useful if they have but I do think it it definitely reminds me of um in LA the life coaching and also Mm -hmm. acting classes acting classes are exactly this get out of your own way you're the only one standing in your own way we'll help you get out of your own way which is so strange especially when you tie it into like neuroscience I'm not sure how neuroscience factors into this um psychology I guess I could understand but the idea of getting out of your own way by handing over uh, a lot of your decision making to a like guru type of person, a little tricky. Well, there's also just, I think, the fundamental problem I have with a lot of these sorts of self-help, um, the, the, the mentality of it. The idea of getting out of your own way because that's the only thing that's holding you back, like puts the onus on the individual as opposed to like our fucked up capitalist society. Like if you're not manifesting, so to speak, right now, that it's all on you, that you're blocked in some way. I mean, that can be true to a degree. Like you can be in your own way. You can have bad habits and all that kind of stuff. Like that's that's totally legit. But like. If you take somebody who's really struggling right now, say, in this particular time when, you know, everybody's unemployed and it's impossible to, like, get certain careers off the ground because certain industries have ground to a halt, i.e. acting. Uh, (laughs) uh, Not that that's, like, necessarily the target demo, but I feel like it is. It feels Um, like it is. Then it's like, that's not all on you. And this it's a very actually 
to get back to the Christian values type thing we were talking about, it's very like self-punishing in a very puritanical Calvinist way where it's like you just haven't done the work that you need to do in order to have whatever success that you want. And that kind of thinking is very easy to fall into because that's the way that we're all raised. That's our literal culture is that you're not working hard enough. So mm -hmm. that's why you haven't succeeded. So I, I get a little bit annoyed when I see this sort of philosophy espoused. Yeah, for sure. And it's that kind of law of attraction stuff that is total bullshit, but also is in the secret and other snake oil stuff like that. The idea that if you just want something bad enough, it'll happen if you charge your crystals in the right way and, you know, do some some manifestating <laughs> manifestating yeah and the fact that you're like gonna take this like you know like a sprinkling of spirituality or like you know in the stuff that's more straight up a spiritual practice and use it you know i mean i feel like half the people coming to this are like i want to like be an entrepreneur or something there just feels like something there's like a total disconnect there between like you know an actual spiritual practice that makes you feel like a more fully realized human being and like making money like I don't know it, it this feels so so like Instagram like a uh, uh, sponsored ad type um, aesthetic uh, not that there's anything wrong with that uh, there's plenty of Instagram sponsored ads I would like to sponsor us <laughs> uh, but it, you know it just has that vibe it has this really you know the design is all perfect it's like very much like an affluent aspirational kind of aesthetic that's meant to communicate material success and yeah kind of squicks me out <laughs> yeah well because it's preying on people's insecurities it's not like appealing to people's sense of self-improvement it's like there's something wrong with you only we can fix it yeah i mean it's i don't know it, it's hard because i remember reading um one of the val kilmer profiles that came out pretty recently like within the last year and how he was talking about how like cancer wasn't like he didn't have cancer he had like the i i forget the exact phrase but it was something like i was like confronted by it was I don't oh, have right. cancer but like cancer's somehow attracted into my realm and like with things like that it's hard because to me they seem a little out there but at the same time I'm like if you feel better thinking that way you are very sick like you should think that way you know do do you but then when you see how some of these websites are packaged and especially in the context of watching the vow and seeing how something that did start out even though I don't believe it ever had anyone's best intentions at heart, but it started out seemingly pretty innocuous. And mm -hmm. then by episode two, we already see that there's like a splinter group forming of these women um, who are doing things that are drastically different than were presented in the first episode. And it's kind of when you look at this website um, for to be magnetic, you kind of can see that like the way that this is being packaged is already like inherently as Emily said, like geared towards more of a like a material success or a kind of like tongue in cheek. If you've run out of things to buy, you buy the like program that tells you that you're better than you were before you had it. Yeah. <laughs> you subscribe to positive thinking. Mm -hmm. And uh, the thing about the thing about Nexium that is coming across now in the second episode is like if it weren't for the sex cult inside of it, it would just be like a multi-level marketing scheme that's right. sort of new age and yeah. it might just still exist today. Yeah. Yeah. 
I that's the kind of fascinating thing about it is like that. Yeah, there it would just be kind of a you know maybe a little bit fringy, maybe a little a bit of a waste of money type thing. Like I do still think that like whatever like what what we know of of Keith Raniere's technologies are like a lot of it seems kind of legit to me, honest. But to, to be honest, but like yeah, the but the fact that then there is you know whatever one in 20 people who are attracted to that kind of thing also have a real propensity for like self-negation already Mm -hmm. and are willing and like almost wanting to get into this sort of thing where somebody else is dictating what their life is like i think that that is like that's like a and and people are always going to be there to take advantage of that like if you're a person who wants direction right and that's why people fall victim to dictators also yeah, obviously totally. and fascism like a lot of people do want to be told what to do and yeah. it makes sense why cuz the world is fucking scary and confusing and people just want like mommy and daddy to step in and be like here's what you do and mm-hmm. that can be very easily used to manipulate and exploit people uh, which is why you shouldn't trust anybody that's trying to position themselves as like a parental figure usually. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, when, once once uh, somebody's like telling you to call them master and it's not in a fun, kinky way, <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe that's a red flag. Maybe, uh, you know, personal fascism is, uh, is, is, is not cool just the way that uh, geopolitical fascism isn't either. Um, well, also yeah. going back to like our first um, call that we took today from Carlos, I think what seems apparent is that our understanding of cults has come a really long way in the past few decades. And I think that certainly like at one point a cult, like if, if you had an experience where it was like a lot of people going and like, you know, contacting dead ancestors and like engaging in baptism rituals and stuff like that, that those things seem like out, if they're outside of your experience, it would seem easy to classify those as like a fringe group of a religion. And like, maybe that seems like a cult to you, but then looking into um, the kind of like newer, weird self-improvement systems like like Nexium and things of that ilk, you see that the real difference is who, that the, if the leader is a person who is um, like Keith Raniere kind of prescribing something that's so, I mean, one of the things that struck me about the second episode was um, Bonnie, who is Mark's wife, was writing Aunt down- Peru her- in episode- three or two I can't remember of Star Wars yep and they sure showed that clip I was like I knew it Um, but she wrote down her schedule and the people who were successful within this organization were being sleep deprived they were being so overworked just to break them down and so but then you you see the potential for that in other more innocuous seeming self-help groups where if you subscribe to something and you're investing money in self-improvement you're investing in this kind of like projected image of the really healthy looking lady in the sun hat who's like taking care of herself then there is a sense of like you don't want the failure of not working hard enough to achieve something you you know if it were easy to achieve you think you you would have already achieved it without help so Mm -hmm. now that you're committing to this it seems like there's the potential to drive someone to a point where you are breaking down the things that kind of hold the individual together in order to control them yeah. Right. And like the technology, a lot of it just seems kind of taken from talk therapy. And so it feels similar to Scientology in that way of being like, don't get therapy. Therapy is bad. We've got this thing that's just like therapy. And that will have some of the benefits of therapy. But also we're going to like take advantage of how vulnerable we're making you feel. Yeah. 
Well, I'm I'm uh, I'm all in. I'm I'm excited for the next episode. I don't. How many episodes are there of this? I think there's Maybe. like nine. Nine. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. We're gonna we're gonna keep checking back in with it. Uh, let us know your thoughts about the vow and Nexium and all that stuff. Uh, give us a night call one two four zero four six night or a night email at nightcallpodcast at gmail Let us know what you think about that or anything else in the world. Um, we're gonna take a quick break and when we come back, our guest uh, Samer is gonna join us and we're gonna talk about those chihuahuas. So stay tuned. The Home Depot wants every mom to have their own outdoor oasis this Mother's Day. Whether that be a new space to relax or a beautiful garden upgrade, at The Home Depot, you can give mom a gift that's as unique as she is with a stylish and comfortable place to entertain or relax for the mom who does it all. And with convenient delivery, you won't have to stress over getting it to her either. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers for the mom who's great with gardening? Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to Bring out the most in our patios, walkways, and gardens with the Home Depot's Mother's Day Savings Event happening now. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Start your Mother's Day shopping and saving today by checking out the Home Depot's extensive selection online at homedepot.com or directly in-store near you with convenient pickup and delivery options. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. When Dr. Sabah and I decided to do a skincare line together, he said to me, we are going to give women meaningful beauty. And I said, that's exactly right. We want to give women meaningful beauty, which means each and every product is meaningful. It has a, a reason to exist. It's efficacious. You're going to get results. And then you just go out and live your life. Meaningful beauty. Confidence is beautiful. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite. With just two capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat, and support your weight management journey. And right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com, the lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. It took 11 years to get to this sale. The NYX Anniversary Sale is on now at knix.com. Celebrate the intimate apparel company that has reinvented products for real life with one of NYX's biggest sales of the year. Get 30% off all leak-proof apparel from the number one leak-proof brand in North America, including period underwear, swimwear, activewear, and more. Millions of people have made the switch to NYX leak-proof underwear, and there's never been a better time for you to try. Save 30% on super-comfortable, machine-washable, and great-looking underwear that's perfect for periods and light bladder leaks. 
Choose from a variety of colors, styles, and sizes, from extra small to 4XL. You can even match your leak-proof underwear with an incredibly supportive and comfortable NYX wireless bra. Don't miss this chance to stock up on your NYX favorites or try something new. It only happens once a year at NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com for the NYX anniversary sale. Hurry, the sale ends on Monday, May 13th. Go to NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com. Welcome back to Night Call. We are now joined by our guest, Samer Khalif. Uh, Samer Khalif has written for Slate, New Republic, and Popula. He was previously a managing editor at Deadspin, and he is now a managing editor at Defector, which is a brand new site, uh, which is either launching now or very soon at Defector.com. It's a worker-owned sports blog and media company that is, uh, yeah, very exciting. So, hi. Welcome, Samer. Hi. Thank you for having me. Thanks for joining us. We have a lot we want to talk about. We got a we got a question that like actually talks about a subject that we talk about a lot, which is sort of like lost versions of the internet. Um, we had a question about just like what were the sites that we were escaping to now, like the idea of going to websites, and it's kind of like a it, it feels a little bit antiquated now with social media and like Twitter just being the place where everybody who cares about reading stuff online is going, but. Um, I know you guys are kind of seeking to rethink that a little bit with Defector. Um, what, what's your what's your what's your feeling on that? Like about the the website hangout and like the future of websites? Yeah, I mean, I feel like social media kind of consolidated a lot of it and just weeded out a lot of the smaller places where people would go to just find communities. I mean, and also there are probably other factors too, just in terms of how people react on the internet these days. But yeah, yeah I, I think Defector is trying to just create, like, we, we want to break news and we want to do reporting and we want to write stuff that people want to read. But also there is a sense that we do want to create, like, a nice community that people want to be a part of. And yeah. hopefully, like, doesn't need to be moderated too well because people kind of grasp the expectations going in. So, yeah. I mean, in terms of other sites that I go to for an escape... I play a lot of like online chess and I would like find <laughs> like NES emulator sites and you said that online chess was like taking over and becoming dangerous dangerous chess yeah I mean do you have money in, wrapped up in it <laughs> no <laughs> thing is I would be like I would be like Howard Ratner right now if I was betting on chess games with myself like I'd be deep in the <laughs> hole and like, getting chased by bookies but um no, I just, I picked it up because I used to play when I was younger. I was never, like, any good or, like, ranked or anything. I would just play with my dad and, like, friends and stuff. And it seemed like a good hobby that would keep my brain, like, active. But in the end, it actually is just, like, making me extremely frustrated all the time. Like, I, I understand <laughs> how people, like, I, I've never been, like, a really big golf person. But I understand why people get so addicted and pissed off by the game and, like, keep coming back to it. <laughs> <laughs> I've been playing a lot of online Boggle um, and having a similar Boggle's more Boggle's really my speed, uh, nice. but it's I play on WordTwist.org, and there are, there's this user I think her name's like Mama Four Boys or something, and I'll think like that was I that was like a pretty good game of Boggle right there, Tess, and then I'll look and it'll say the average score and then the high score and the average score is all like. I, I think I've only beaten the average score once and it probably was because like not that many people had played that board. But mom of four boys is like consistently like doubling and tripling my score. 
and I'm working like so hard, but it reminds me, it's that kind of like compulsive, like when you're sick of the scroll, you then do the like, you know, refreshing the game kind of thing. Yeah. But the it hang. doesn't, it's not as good. I mean, yeah. just do, the, do like, the boggle games get heated or are they pretty? There's no, but you're playing. It's just you're playing on a board by yourself and then they're comparing yeah. your score to other people's scores, which is why I like it. I used to play um, online Scrabble a lot, but then EA like changed it and now it's unplayable. So that was my solution to like scratch that itch. But um, it's it's just and the, and the games are so short. They're two minutes. So you just like play one and then you're just like, go, 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 uh, which is terrible. I used to do so many online games like Yahoo games used to be like a major thing. They had like the um, that word scramble game where you find the different words within the I mean, it's very boggle adjacent. I can't remember the name of it anymore. But then I feel like all kind of low stakes online gameplay, like word games and that kind of stuff. A lot of it moved to Facebook. Mm -hmm. And I always thought that was so weird when Facebook got into like hosting games. It just felt like a con to get you to be like logging more hours on Facebook, even if you're just like tending to your Farmville farm or something. So I haven't really like, you know, and now I'm thinking back with great fondness and nostalgia about like hanging out on Yahoo games, games (laughs) games.yahoo.com. When I was a work study uh, employee at my film school. Well, um, if you want to play the the boggle, it's called Word Twist, but it's hosted by some something called Puzzle Baron. Oh, <laughs> yes. I'd love to be on the property of a baron when I'm Puzzle playing. Baron. <laughs> yeah, so... Um, I, for for people who don't know, and we 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 get a little bit inside baseball on media sometimes here, but um, and sometimes on other forums, like we had a we had a live stream where we suddenly just became a media chat. Um, so I, I, for for people who maybe don't know, can you kind of explain the the writer owned or the worker owned um, model for Defector and what that means and why that's important and different from how the majority of blogs and media outlets work? Sure. So um, we were, everybody who was, everybody except for one person at Defector was part of Deadspin. And we all um, left under, I mean, I don't want to go into the circumstances too much because I feel like they're already public anyway, but we, we left under circumstances that were caused by bad experiences with the owners so yeah um what we're doing with defector is it's worker owned in that everybody has a piece of equity everybody gets to vote on major decisions so we we still have like an editor-in-chief and we have somebody jasper wang who's in charge of um like the business side of the site but all the workers are able to hold them accountable with a vote if it comes to that so there, we're putting like safeguards in place, and that so that there's nobody in any position of power who can just unilaterally make decisions, basically. Yeah, which feels like the most I don't know, like logical way for a site like that to be run. But I think like I, maybe a lot of people got a crash course in like how most media companies actually work from that episode of Succession, where it's just like this really oftentimes labyrinthine thing that you know billionaires decide to get a stake in who don't really care about the future of the site and the people who work for it and it's just kind of a mess um yeah and i think like when you think of a publication that a group of people are working on together like that feels like a much more kind of organic holistic way for it to be run but 
it's unfortunately not very common now. I was um, interested because Dad's been up all night. I know you did a bit of that, Samer. And that was that kind of to me was like it's one of those nostalgic kind of things of like the late night blog as opposed to the late night Twitter. Um, I'm pro- I, I'm maybe too old to really enjoy Twitter per- is my reasoning for why I don't um, because I just like I feel as though whenever I use Twitter like late at night and everyone's like enjoying the late night Twitter vibe. I'm like, I really liked this on blogs. And I don't know why it was such a novelty to be like, it's night, but we're writing online like we're all here at night. We're all up. Um, But it, it made me think of, you know, when we got this inquiry from a listener about like what kind of sites do you go to to escape the the hell that we live in? I was like, well, Deadspin was one um, for sure. And it's, you know, now Deadspin exists, but it's, but Defector is really Deadspin. Um, right. Like the you guys are lives carrying on. on. Yeah. Um, but it's just like, it, it is hard to find what used to be kind of like the soul of the internet. And I think like what Emily said too, is that a lot of that is because we've kind of seen how like companies can mismanage sites that do have really great communities built in make it so hard for people to put out the content that they're really like excited to put out and it just becomes like this bureaucratic mess. So I think it's exciting that you guys are doing this, but I'm also like, I I wish everything were sped up and that there were more sites like popping up. Like, I mean, hopefully it'll set the tone. Yeah. Yeah. My question is, are you guys going to stick to sports? (laughs) (laughs) We will not be sticking to sports. We, we have, yeah. Um, there's some ideas. I mean, we've just been tossing around ideas for either recurring features or just one-off things. And we're definitely open to doing whatever. And we're also doing stuff on, we're trying out like a Twitch stream, which we never really even thought about like at the old place. But I think that will offer our ability to like go outside of just like talking about last night's game or whatever for an hour from my limited experience with twitch which is mostly with night call uh live streams that does feel like the most logical kind of analog between something like um you know the kind of like hanging out on a blog or or hanging out in the comment section of something just because it is like it's contained you can actually see a list of who's there like i stumbled across when i was on a a deep dive um this uh like anarchist radio station that like a web a web radio thing and it had a chat room and I'd never heard of this thing before but suddenly I found myself in the chat room for this radio station and there were two other people in it <laughs> and it was that was it and it was just like wow when do you stumble across like a truly intimate space like that on on the internet where you know you can still have a degree of anonymity but it's not for the sake of being able to say whatever you want it's just like kind of an adventure um that feels like Twitch is kind of the closest to that of like a big kind of commonly used platform that that I can think of now. Yeah, I definitely agree. I feel like some of that uh, public access feeling of Twitch really gets at what I liked about the old Internet. My friends Jack and Kate have a daily morning show called Jack AM that I watch every day that it's like one of the only things that feels like it gives me routine right now. which I also think people are really thirsty for just to be able to wake up and check a site or watch a show or listen to a podcast weekly uh, makes people feel like there's some sort of grounding in time. 
One of the things, um, Samer, that you said that you've also found comfort in is the international celebrity chihuahua scene. Yeah. How did you find <laughs> how did you find these fancy dogs? I think like originally it was there's just like one of those random tweets where there's a video and it's completely unsourced and somebody's using it for a completely different thing. Like it was these two chihuahuas standing up on the side of a car window and one of them kind of dramatically like slumps down in a way. Like it wasn't like passing out or anything. It was just like it lost its balance. And uh, my girlfriend Heather, I think, tracked down like who that who owned that Chihuahua like on Instagram because it wasn't like a relatively obscure account, but it just wasn't like known very well. And it's uh, their names are Tororo and Maguro, and I think I believe Maguro means tuna uh, in Japanese. And, I think um, it's oh, is it Maguro is like. Um... Uh, what's the, I, I'm going to look it up. It's, it's a different kind of, it is a fish. <laughs> oh, it's a fish. Okay. I might have gotten that wrong, but, um, yeah, the Instagram yeah. is like Kayoshihara, which I, I'm not sure where that is. That just might be the person's name. Um, but the two chihuahuas, one of them is like pretty normal and like, it's, uh, has like white fur and the other one is, has like a mysterious thing where it walks kind of funny but then like if you point it out in the comments the owner gets really offended and mad and just like doesn't want to talk about it <laughs> and i think one person asked is like is she okay like why is she walking like that and the translation was like maguro lives hard every day and <laughs> didn't really elaborate <laughs> beyond that uh it is a yeah. struggle for her which one is which? Because I'm looking at the account right now, and one of them is genuinely kind of is starting to have the amphibious head effect, like has kind of eyes on either side of its head because its head is so small, I'm assuming. <laughs> yeah. The Maguro uh, is the one that, like, uh, the what? The fawn colored one. Yes. That's Maguro. Okay. Yeah. Maguro does look like uh, yeah. she lives hard. She I mean, a lot of these chihuahuas, they're. I you can like I scrolled kind of back in the archives of some of them. We looked at a lot of chihuahuas. Um and when they're puppies, chihuahuas are very cute and like very, you know, all a lot of these chihuahuas are, seem willing to pose with green apples in tiny hats, that kind of thing with bubbles. <laughs> but then it's hard because like many small dogs, chihuahuas like they you know, they start to show their age when they're like 13, 14, they get like the eye thing and like maybe tooth problems. And it's hard because it's like this sped up thing of being a celebrity where it's like you don't want to you don't want to read mean comments on like the once beautiful whatever Popo and Palm. And it's like now they're living those hard lives. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's definitely one account. Um, it's called like Nagiko or something like it's similar to that. There's like a few numbers after the word. But um they, they definitely pose a bunch of them as strollers, but also it's very clear that they use the same Instagram filters that, like, Callista Gingrich uses yes. for, like, her and Newt. And it's just, like, very smooth faces for all the chihuahuas. <laughs> That's so weird. <laughs> Sweeten that chihuahua, please. Uh, well, should we take a night email from one of our listeners? Oh, yeah. Uh, okay. This is great. Uh, so this comes to us from our listener, Aaron, who writes, it's 11.47 p.m. in... I think it's, is it Ocoee or, oh, so, I don't know, uh, in Florida. Yeah, Ocoee, Florida. 
And as a new listener to your podcast, I've been listening to older episodes. In one episode, you all discussed the computer-generated content on YouTube that uses popular children's characters and search terms to create bizarre content meant to trick the algorithm into autoplaying those videos. This reminded me of something that I found in college. A large part of my final semester involved me editing a student film, and I spent many late nights in the editing lab working on my cut, along with uh, two other editors working on their films. Often as the nights dragged on, we would end up getting distracted by looking up dumb stuff on YouTube. And this resorted to us typing in numbers and letters and a file type in the YouTube search bar, e.g. 3947.mp4, and seeing what came up. A lot of the content we found were things like accidentally uploaded vacation videos or picture tours of homes for sale. However, one night we stumbled across something that felt much more sinister. The link we opened started playing bizarre beeps and tones and random shapes and lines in various colors started sliding across the screen. It felt like something dark and forbidden, like we had entered an episode of Black Mirror and we're going to be brainwashed or killed off one by one. The best explanation we can make of it was that it was some kind of AI trying to figure out how to make a human figure out of geometric shapes. If you scroll through their page from oldest to newest videos, you can see the algorithm seem to figure out how to make a basic face and maybe even add a basic body shape. So um, so this is a, you can find this on YouTube. I think there's like maybe like 20 something views on a lot of these videos. Like nobody's looking at these, but the- um, Was that it? That it was, was it. it was it was it I was playing I I, I clicked on it <laughs> I was like is that in my mind from talking about this scary <laughs> yeah it's really scary the name of the account is sweet peach sweet peach has 194 subscribers somehow on YouTube but like 20 views per video so I don't know who's who's checking on sweet peach the name sweet peach is is really scary in the context of how abstract this is. I would love to know what, I mean, all the file names are just like a series of letters and numbers. I wonder what they put into the search to find this account. But it, it this is some real good weirdo late night, oh yeah, like internet trawling material. Um, and it does feel like the ring or something like, oh, if I watch this, am I going to have an aneurysm or something? Like, it's very weird. It's it's super scary. And I don't know. Do you, are you guys familiar with WebDriver Torso? No. That's so, so familiar. It jogged my memory. It's from. So the only reason I I I was not familiar with WebDriver Torso until I searched Sweet Peach and then found a Reddit post that said this reminds me of WebDriver Torso. And WebDriver Torso has a Wikipedia page and stuff. So I guess in 2014, um, people discovered this YouTube channel called WebDriver Torso, and they were like, it, it was very similar to this. Um, it was, you know, like these kind of like shapes, like a like like oh, mostly yeah. squares, and it kind of just it it was like nothing, but it was a lot like this, but not as. Uh, intricate like this has drawings of faces this was just like square square red and blue and people who noticed it like started talking about it and they became convinced that it was like you know all of these conspiracy theories started popping up of like aliens trying to get in touch with us it's spy videos and I guess three of the videos were 
at, like strange. They were not like the others. One of them was um, it was the title was basically a shortened form of temporary Rick rule 1985, where one of the squares becomes Rick Astley dancing. <laughs> one of them is only available in France and you have to pay to watch it. And it's um, the I think it's like, oh, yeah, it's a Spanish dubbed episode of Aqua Teen Hunger Force. And you have to like pay to watch it. But everyone, no one could figure out what it was. And then finally, um, YouTube admitted that it was like an internal kind of training thing. So it was, um, you know, they were trying to see if we make this simple video and then upload it, like what's the differentiation in quality from what we recorded to what we see. But if you Google WebDriver Torso, then the Google logo becomes WebDriver Torso themed. (gasps) Whoa. Scary. I want to try. <laughs> yeah, try it. It's always but, weird when you see the backstage of the internet. Yeah. That's very unsettling. This also... This, <gasps> oh, my God. Yeah. It happened. <laughs> yeah. Oh, scary. <laughs> but it's like this doesn't seem like an internal YouTube thing, but you wonder if maybe it's like trying to train. It's like training itself to be better at uploading videos, but it's uh, the the name Sweet Peach is just, it's weird because it doesn't yeah. fit. Yeah, well, it. I think that there's something, like before knowing that this is an internal YouTube thing uh, with WebDriver Torso, it just feels like, um, like, you know, an art project or something because it's very you know it looks like a Mondrian or something yeah. and like web driver torso is such a like net art sounding name yeah it feels like a project it feels like somebody you know doing some art trying to be creative or whatever the thing about the sweet peach thing is something about the faces and the things that almost look like faces make it feel much more like the machine is becoming self-aware and like it's in its embryonic stage and we must stop it. <laughs> lawnmower peach. It's very lawnmower, man. Have you ever found anything like truly weird and unexplainable like that? Or do you have a favorite one of those, Samer? Like just weird little pockets in the internet? I, I haven't personally, but I was looking at that sweet peach channel after you sent it and I was just curious, like, cause it seems like it's so it's using like the same kind of foundational elements, like to the point where maybe something like somebody made a bot or something. I was like, all right, let's see how many videos this can create out yeah. of these certain elements. But it seems like all of the videos were uploaded in October, but not all in the same day. So, oh, I'm looking at one that was uploaded in April. So oh, I really? wonder, I'm going to look. Scroll back far enough. Yeah. This is not this. It, were they uploaded this year? I didn't look. It was last year. Um, yeah, a lot of them were uploaded in October. And then there are, yeah, there's like the large bulk of them, it looks like, were uploaded in October. I was looking at one from April for some. So maybe that was like the first one. Yeah, I love something like this where it's impossible to tell if it's just like an actual uh, industrial back channel or if it's like someone trying to make a creepypasta. It definitely seems automated. Like the the bulk of this is like beyond somebody trying to, to like somebody just like planting some scary stuff. Like it feels it does feel like there's some kind of automation or bot behind this because there's just such a volume of stuff. And oh my god, it's creepy. It's really creepy. Those tones are very creepy. I mean, anything it reminds with me the of tones. Lavender Town and Pokemon, like <laughs> uh, the level that's supposed to make like make you want to kill yourself. Can I tell you another conspiracy I just heard about? Actually, that's very similar to what you're talking about, which is like 
the idea of tones that will make you do something. Yeah, and there's that that like that feels like a very kind of, you know, it's like this sort of horror movie version of what everybody kind of was afraid of with the internet when it first started to become a thing, which is like, oh, you're going to accidentally stumble into something that's truly dangerous or that's either going to steal all your money or, you know, open you up to some kind of physical attack or whatever. So there is like, I feel like we all have the sort of basic fear about the internet, you know, no matter how many iterations of it we have lived through where there's still this thing of like, I could find the haunted website. Yeah. And also as you like see people go off the deep end because of stuff they learned about on the internet and conspiracy stuff, which I feel like has been happening more and more. So my friend Carter Cruz was talking about this phenomenon of like, she, you know, just like you follow somebody and then they suddenly just take a turn into conspiracy town. Yes. And she was saying like, I was had been noticing this too, just of like some random like hot girls I follow that are like musicians or models or whatever. And then they'll just start posting about like Q stuff. And she was saying, she was like, oh, did you encounter this? She followed somebody who then started posting about a conspiracy that involved uh, people putting tones in music that are going to like make you do stuff, brainwash you and make you do stuff. What kind of music is this? But yeah, is it like current music? Yeah, I think the idea was like probably electronic music or pop music that, you know, they're they're brainwashing you by putting certain tones that make you feel certain ways in music, um, which is also the kind of the plot line of the Josie and the Pussycats movie. Right. Um, but also it came up on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills on the other context that there's like a calming tone. We talked about this before, I think. But I hadn't thought about its corollary if they're being like, the evil tones in music. The one that kickstarts the disintegration of your brain. Yeah. yeah. And she was like, I don't know if I'm like, I think I'm going to unfollow this person because it's too <laughs> weird. But I was like, I've just been noticing that more and more that people will just take a turn into some conspiracy and just never come back. Yeah. Yeah. I think there there's also a very fine line between people who were who are kind of like hippie hippy dippy happy good hippies who then become kind of anti-vax and then become QAnon like the yes there's so much crossbreeding right now between new age anti-vax stuff and QAnon because yes. it's sort of the center of the Venn diagram is like hey we love children right you care about children come on in but it's scary to me it's very scary. How do you bring people back from that? I mean, it's this whole, yeah, it's the conspiracy thing in general, just like getting off of the addiction of finding connections between things like we've been talking about, I feel like the last few weeks. It's like once you kind of start that line of thinking, it's really hard to break out of it and be like, no, there are things that are just random. Like there are things that are just the way things are like. But if there's a, a you know, unified field theory about everything or one large, you know, conspiracy then there's something actually kind of comforting about that in some way right. the even chihuahuas, if it's super evil the chihuahuas are spelling out messages <laughs> they're trying their, to tell us something with their crusty eyes they're trying to tell us before we let you go Samer, we wanted to briefly discuss so Emily is now um, she's shuttling back and forth between a couple of different places but she is spending some time in a house that is haunted I mean I live there yeah you live yeah but now you're not there I have to go to uh, 
<laughs> because the ghosts have taken over the internet, uh, I have to I have to go elsewhere for internet. So, also, yeah. you said that you were chasing mice. Are there are there mice and ghosts in that house? Oh yes. Oh yeah. Oh, I'm nice. I am not alone. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no matter what the context is, yeah. Um, but Samer, we asked you if you had because you're from New Hampshire, and we were like is it very haunted because New England as a whole is haunted, but we kind of agreed New Hampshire is not like the most haunted place in New England. I think it's Connecticut. Maybe. I I would, I think it's like a two way race between Massachusetts and Connecticut because Massachusetts kind of, I mean, I had the Salem witch trials obviously, and that that gives you a pretty big lead in terms of uh, haunted occurrences in the Mm -hmm. state. But yeah, Connecticut is, I don't want to say sneaky haunted, but it's... Oh, yeah. I mean, I think Rhode Island is the most haunted New England state. You because got... of the vampire thing? Because H.P. Lovecraft and Edgar Allan Poe. That too. But that's, a, that's a good point. They lean into being haunted themed. Uh, but I think Connecticut is the scariest. There you go. Um, but in a different way. Just in like a Stepford's, Stepford Wives yeah. way. Yeah. <laughs> Which is different than ghosts. <laughs> automatons uh yeah i don't know i haven't really spent that much time in new england proper i think like in general i mean i get like a lot of you know the earliest settled places or like you know the earliest colonized places in the united states uh as being kind of haunted and cursed in a lot of ways but i haven't really spent that much time in them the one thing i will say though and i i feel like this has come up before on this podcast because I lived in New York for like five years. That's the bulk of my experience on the on the East Coast. But I think that New York City is actually like one of the least haunted places in the country. There's no room for ghosts. There's, there's no room for ghosts. Yeah. Um, there's too much like overlap, like too much overlapping energy. I think that they get crowded out. Like I, I would don't... like to cite a little text called the Ghostbusters here <laughs> to counter your argument. The ghosts live. That's a fantasy. They live in the subway tunnels and in the libraries. They don't. They honestly, I think they don't like people. Like the New Yorker ghosts are not f- fans of crowds. That's how I. It feels like they've been chased out. They're not fans of tourists. Well, who is? I wonder if the New York ghosts are just like talking among themselves when some one of the ghosts moves out to like Connecticut or Massachusetts. <laughs> like, ah, another one's leaving. <laughs> New York is couldn't dead. handle it. New York yeah. is <laughs> New York think- is undead. Yeah. <laughs> Um, you pointed us to a New Hampshire magazine article. What is it? Yeah, uh, I think magazine. so. And they, um, there were a few different examples of like hauntings in New Hampshire. The Hotel Portsmouth um, is this old mansion that was turned into an inn, and that one sounds pretty haunted. Because and the and the ghosts, I guess, like to play with ice from the ice machine <laughs> yeah that one started, stood out to me because it was just so specific like the <laughs> the ghost really like messing with the ice and just like putting it in piles or <laughs> Ooh, i, I feel like an interesting all, ghost activity all bed and breakfasts are haunted but usually by like the proprietor of the bed and breakfast is that a fact? <laughs> I just uh find people's old dusty things to be haunted like obviously California is also very haunted. Extremely. Um, but there's less of like the, uh, you know, a blanket from 1850 
to connect you to the time when the haunting is. It's true. The the Airbnb thing is also like we've talked about Airbnbs being haunted or not. And, you know, there's such a wide swath of of levels of hauntings. And we've talked about like, okay, so you could be in like an old historical house in, in New England and rent that as like your picturesque getaway or something. But is that more or less like, you know, if you're living in somebody's home or somebody's like vacation home or something, is that more or less haunted than being in a place that's like a new build apartment that's like just there to be an Airbnb and just is kind of soulless and empty? Like I am more spooked out by the latter than the former. I would rather have some, it's kind of like the probiotics of, of, of the spirit world. Like I want some fauna, some flora in, 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 in the mix. Like I can't have a completely blank slate that feels unhealthy. And that backs up why New York is not haunted is like the humans or the probiotics. Yes. <laughs> I yeah. think that's a great analogy. <laughs> I, mean, I think we're developing a universal theory, which is just that like landlords are all ghouls. <laughs> that's who's haunting these properties. Uh, but also New Hampshire, famous for the live free or die motto, it does have a sort of reputation as a sanctuary for people such as Vito on The Sopranos, and more recently, uh, Ghislaine Maxwell. So I think Ghislaine's house in New Hampshire might be the most haunted place in New England now. Oh, yeah, I would not spend a night there. Yeah, any place, like, I think that's maybe one of the only places that's haunted in New York City, too, is any place that Jeffrey Epstein or Gillian Maxwell has lived. Like, that's haunted. haunted you guys AF. think there aren't other creepy apartments in New York, though? Come on. There's a whole network. Stanley Kubrick tried to tell us. Mm-hmm. There are mm-hmm. so many. I find, as I've said, I find any rich person apartment in New York to be totally haunted. I think that the if, if you're going to say that there are haunted New York apartments that are not related to Epstein, I'm going to say that they're the lofts. Because lofts, ghosts love lofts, I think. Because as you know, ghosts haunt a property like the land. They don't haunt the building. But I think that they would be – and then the the path that the ghosts take supposedly doesn't have to do with the layout of the the place as it now is, but as it once was. So in a loft, you take away all the walls, mm-hmm. right? And I think that makes ghosts mad. I, I think <laughs> – I feel a bad vibe in lofts. <laughs> do, do ghosts also eat open floor plans and offices? I'm assuming? <laughs> yes, for sure. Especially now that we're all quarantined, we all should hate those things. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, but if they hate them, they stay away from them, or are they there but angry? They're vent. They're angry. They're I vengeful. think they're always here. A haunting really is not. Maybe I'm redefining everything now. It's not optional. They have to haunt it, but it's like, ugh. If I have to haunt an open floor plan office, then like, <laughs> then my I'll life be mad. Sucks. Well, what if it's like ghosts are all around us, but the the haunting means a ghost that's pissed. It doesn't like there could be ghosts in my house, but I wouldn't consider it haunted because they don't do anything to me, or they're just regretful. I just saw the movie Ghost, which all takes place in like an insane New York loft and uh, ghost haunts a loft in that. But also, yeah, maybe the ghosts are just mad about gentrification. I was going to say, I I guess I'm interested in the idea that you would treat a ghost the way you would treat like a spider and that it ultimately serves a good and only if it's mad will like you hear from it. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Yeah. (laughs) Only if it's been disturbed. Uh, well, Samar, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for talking about ghosts and chihuahuas with us. Um, where can people find you and, um, and where can people find and, and 
engage with Defector as well. So uh, Defector, if they wanted to subscribe, they'll go to defector.com. We're also on Twitter at Defector Media. And uh, I'm just at twitter.com slash Sam. Nice. Well, thank you so much for joining us. And everybody go check out Defector, which will hopefully be live when you're hearing this, if not very, very soon. So check it out. Thank you for having me. Thanks so much, Samer. And thank you so much for listening to Night Call. You can follow us on Instagram at Night Call Podcast, uh, Facebook at Night Call Podcast, and Twitter at Night Call Pod. You can subscribe to us on iTunes or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Also leave us a rating and review. Uh, It really helps us. It helps get the show out there. And you can also support us on Patreon. We're on patreon.com slash nightcall. We've got bonus episodes, a monthly newsletter, mixtapes, all sorts of fun stuff. So check us out there if you want more Nightcall in your life. Take care, y'all. We'll be back next week. diets and weight loss struggles it's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results introducing smart metabolic burn from brain md your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat imagine burning fat balancing glucose levels and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks this unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula berberine which targets abdominal fat and oea which curbs your appetite with just two capsules a day Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat, and support your weight management journey. Right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com, the lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota.